This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Jason Shepard. And live from Connecticut, Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, everybody. We are your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Monday, November 30th, last day of November. Great to have you with us. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a guy who... Somehow got the Southern Utah monolith through TSA. He is Jerem Jordan. Really? Isn't that one of the weirdest stories ever? How does that thing show up in the first place? And then, listen, uh, Delta did me a solid. Yeah, clearly, right? (laughs) Well, somebody uh, got it through here to Connecticut. So I'm here in Uncasville, Connecticut. I've I've been to Connecticut multiple times. I've never been to Uncasville, but here we are, the Mohegan Sun. We are in the same tower I won't tell you which one that the BYU team is on. They they, they are somewhere in this tower, uh, quarantined, awaiting uh, you know test results to be able to practice at one o'clock. More on that coming up. But yeah, got the monolith through. I don't know how we got it through. Uh, you know, our producer Travis Cameron has large bags to to travel things. Look, when you're TSA pre-check, you just go right through. Yeah, TSA pre-check. Come on, you, you got to do. It. It's a it's, it's a great it's investment. It really is the the great investment. Seventy five bucks for what? Five years? It's eighty it. bucks for five years. You can't beat that. They, I paid seventy five. I don't know what you paid. Wow. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I got. <laughs> maybe I upgraded. By the way, are you in a suite right now? Because that looks like a really large yeah. room. Money bags. Yeah, this isn't where I'm staying, but uh, this is where Travis is staying. Travis is smart. He's like, we totally need a suite. To be able to do the show, obviously the Pope show happening tonight—that's going to happen as well. Uh, you know, live from Mark Pope's room slash Greg Rubel's room or this area. So yeah, we're—it's 2020. It's crazy. It's different. Big week for BYU basketball. We're going to break it down today. Obviously BYU football and all that. But uh, here we are, live from Connecticut and Provo for the first time ever. Ah uh, yes. Let's get to today's show lineup. Will BYU football play a game this weekend? That is certainly. The question, Athletic Director Tom Holmo responds on social media. We'll let you know what he said. Trevor Maddich joins the show on a Maddich Monday. His thoughts on where BYU is in the college football playoff rankings, and does he think that they can improve on that? Plus, what can we expect from 3-0 BYU basketball in Connecticut with Jerem this week? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU Hoops a 3-0 after a season-opening win against Westminster, then New Orleans, then Utah Valley. Alex Barcelo, man, he's been good. Led BYU in scoring in all three games, averaging 21 points per game. In case you missed it, terrible news. Junior forward Gavin Baxter officially tore his ACL and meniscus Friday. We didn't know officially what it was. We know Saturday and uh, now today. So he's out for the season. Cougars play USC tomorrow here in Uncasville, Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun. Some big news, though. Vanderbilt has some COVID issues. They have dropped out of the tournament. Vanderbilt was going to play Connecticut tomorrow. So now BYU's Thursday game is up in the air. I'll give you the latest on what is planned or at least being discussed coming up later in the program. BYU football currently does not have a game scheduled for this weekend. Now, in response to a fan on social media, BYU AD Tom Homo tweeted yesterday, quote, I feel you, Coug fans. Feelers are out. Teams and conferences are aware, and another week in 2020 college football season begins. Our plan, work to stay healthy and be ready to go if the opportunity is presented. Players and coaches are ready to play, end quote. 
Now, BYU stayed at number eight in the latest AP poll, but the rankings that matter are the college football playoff rankings. The playoff committee will meet today and then again tomorrow ahead of the release of the new rankings tomorrow night. Cougars in the NFL. Taysom Hill continues to win games as a starting quarterback. Uh, 2-0 now after Taysom uh, wasn't asked to play all-time quarterback for the Denver Broncos, who didn't have one due to COVID. That was crazy. Jamal Williams, 73 yards rushing and a touchdown for the Packers in a win over the Bears. Other notables include Daniel Sorensen's four tackles for your Chiefs, Jason. Thank you. And win over the Tom Brady Bucks. And Fred Warner's four solo tackles in the Niners' win against the Rams. That was a nice win for my Seahawks, who play four hours away tonight against the Eagles. Let's also not uh, bury the lead with the Daniel Sorensen thing. His helmet causing an interception. Tom Brady threw a ball oh, right nice. off the top of his helmet, and it was intercepted by Tyron Matthew. So there we go. Look, he's, he, makes an imp- he makes an impression in the game every time he's on the Always. Field. Always. BYU women's basketball split their two games in Las Vegas over the weekend, beating LSU on Friday and then losing to Washington on Saturday. BYU's next game was supposed to be tomorrow at Dixie State, but the game was canceled due to COVID protocols. The Cougars now won't play until a week from tonight, December 7th, at Utah State. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Jaron, we were talking about this. This is what we know about BYU football this week. They currently do not have a game. They are currently looking for a game. It's the exact same situation that BYU football was in last week. They had, they had no game Saturday looking for an opponent. The question is, will they actually get a game for this Saturday? What do you believe this week will look like for BYU football? It's so frustrating, right? Because BYU obviously needs a game or two of significance to elevate itself, unless the committee self-corrects. So we'll see if that happens. Do they bite the bullet? Do they swallow the humble pill and say, you know what, we missed it. BYU is actually 10th or whatever. I I just don't see it. I'm hoping BYU moves up to 12, but what can BYU do? It's clearly not up to BYU who the Cougars schedule, right? Can we all realize that now? It's not even up to BYU's opponent. It's up to the conferences that BYU is trying to play against. Now, uh, I reported this uh, late last week. Listen, BYU and Liberty would make sense. BYU reached out to Liberty. Liberty didn't want to play a game on December 19th when they have a game. So that's not one. How's BYU going to move up? Are they going to play this week? If they played someone, you know, Spencer throughout Middle Tennessee last week, would that move the needle at all? Or is that just well, they've scheduled the game now? The fact that Right, okay. So, so that's you said they're off the option. table, yeah. Who, who's an option? Like, Cincinnati felt like the only thing that could have moved the needle. And then it, the Temple game's canceled. They can't get out of COVID protocol. That's not going to happen. So I don't, I don't know if BYU's going to play a game. Tom Homo made it sound like, yes, we're trying, but that was as aggressive as he'll be. What I wish Tom Homo would say is, you better believe we're trying to play a game and a good game, and I've been told no 12 times or whatever. That, that's what I wish Tom would say. He's more of a political figure in terms of trying to advance BYU beyond this year, and he's got to maintain relationships. But I wish once he would just just throw it out there, right? Like, you know who said no? X, Y, Z. They said no. We've been trying. Didn't happen. He's not going to do that. So I don't know if BYU's going to play a game. I don't know. Yeah, look, I agree with you. It's becoming more and more evident that BYU just isn't in control. They're only half of the equation. BYU, as Tom said in his tweet, they want to play. They have let teams know. They've let conferences know. So what do I expect from this week? I expect from the, expect them to be ready to play. I expect for them to practice 
in preparation for playing a game. Because as we've seen, even though there's nothing on the horizon right now, at least that we know, things can change at a moment's notice. So you have to be ready. So that's the one thing I know about this BYU football team is they are going to prepare as if they are playing a game. And look, we, we saw this last week. In, when it looked like maybe BYU and Washington were going to play, you even heard Kalani, uh, which, I mean, that, that interview Kalani gave on, on the, the college football playoff ranking show on ESPN was just fantastic. He was awesome in that interview. And he even mentioned, we were preparing, we were game planning for Washington. I fully expect if there is any information at all that, hey, maybe we're going to play this team, I would certainly expect BYU to start game planning for that. Even if it doesn't come to fruition... I, they've they've got to be ready to play anybody. So at this point, I think that's what I expect out of this week is for BYU to prepare itself to be ready to play. Whether or not they actually get to, that remains the unknown question. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think what happened last week had everything to do with Thanksgiving. If it's not a Thanksgiving week and BYU hasn't already sent guys home, then maybe they're more uh, – Flexible in that way, right? I, but BYU is ready. You know what members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are really ready to do? They're ready for chaos. Who keeps a food storage? Who talks about savings more than us, right? BYU is ready in chaos, and that's why they've thrived in this situation. There's chaos. We are ready to go. And Northwestern and Minnesota, that game was just canceled, uh, reports of that. So Northwestern's open, but guess what? It, it's evident that non-conference games aren't really going to happen now. It was cute and nice and fun in September, but these leagues want to keep it tight with COVID stuff. They just don't want to play a non-conference game at this point of the year. So in that regard, independence and being, being not in a league right now is tough for BYU to not be able to set up something. Yet BYU's had the flexibility to play and play earlier, right? So it's been an overall benefit but right now, not being in a league is probably making it hard for BYU to schedule a game. And well, so we're just on cancel watch. Miami, hey, they got a game. Players are tweeting, hey, let's get this game. Like, Tom's, Tom's aware of every single thing you could possibly think of, right? Well, He's way ahead of us on this. You know, Jeremiah, I think it, this week and last week are just eerily similar in terms of BYU really wanting to see what the college football playoff does with them. Because, you know, look, one of two things can happen with the, with the rankings this week. Either the, the, the committee digs their heels in out of spite that they're not going to be, you know, taken to the woodshed and, and you know, being you know, publicly reprimanded. They're, they're not going to budge with that. And they're going to like, this is where we have BYU and this, we're going to stay there. Or they listen to literally everybody in college football that says BYU should be ranked <laughs> higher. So one of two things are going to happen. And I think BYU's just like last week, waiting to see, because if there is somewhat of a course correction and BYU does move up to where we think they should have been originally, maybe that lessens the pressure to I schedule a game. I disagree. BYU has to schedule. They're not going to jump up four spots and feel comfortable. That's not going to happen. If they move up, it's going to be one or two spots, right? BYU cannot wait. They have to get a game. But if it's not a good game, does it matter? So, yeah, we'll break it down coming up more. Topic two. BYU hoops 3-0 and on the season after wins against Westminster, New Orleans, not the Pelicans, and Utah Valley. What's better than you thought with BYU hoops so far? Uh, it's not the record because I certainly expected them to be three and zero. A couple of things, and the first thing for me is it's the depth. 
And we had heard from players and coaches that the depth on this team was going to be really good. So that's something that we expected coming in. But the depth for me has been even more impressive than what I expected. You had so many different guys coming in, and everybody that came in, they ran the, they ran the system, they looked comfortable, they were making shots. I, I was just really impressed with player after player that entered the game that came in and played really well. So I think that's one of the things, the, the depth, which I expected to be good, was even better than I thought. And then specifically with one player, I, I went with Spencer Johnson. I did not know much at all about Spencer Johnson, the, the, the transfer. And while he's only averaging about eight minutes a game, he has impressed me with his shot and his ability to immediately get into the flow of a game. He's come in just with the utmost confidence and, and started taking jump shots and, and looked fantastic at it. So those are a couple of things that, uh, that have really impressed me through three games. For me, it's uh, Alex Barcella first off. Obviously, we've been talking about, okay, this is his team. He's the leader. He's not just the leader. He's the points leader. 21 a game through three. I I didn't expect him to be a 20-plus guy. Uh, The competition is going to get a little steeper, right? Uh, I thought he'd be more like a, I don't know, 15 a game guy. He's been awesome. 11 of 15 from three in the first three games. Are you kidding me? 11 of 15. By the way, the black uniforms. <laughs> Those are sweet. They look, so, they look so good. Okay, overall three-point shooting with this team. 43%, obviously making 18 in game one was incredible. 10-plus in all three. 43% right now. Remember, we already led the country last year at 42.4%. So they've kept up with that. We'll see if that's sustainable, but pretty good. And then BYU as a team, they've won by 22 in all three games. 50-plus percent from the field in all three, and they made at least 10 threes in all three. That's as good as you could ask for in the first three. Now, the competition was such that BYU should have won those games, but it was how BYU played that impressed me. Uh, Getting some BYU football vibes there, right? Obviously, hey, BYU should win XYZ games, but how they were playing was good. Now, the first real test is tomorrow in this uh, casino and resort here, Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut, where BYU is going to play USC, that is a resume-building game. And then BYU goes on this stretch where hopefully they play another game this week. We'll talk about it later. Then you have uh, Boise State, uh, Utah State Saturday, Boise State, Utah, San Diego State. Those are all significant. Those are all significant games coming up for the Cougars. You know, to your point about Alex Barcelo, the thing that's impressed me, and obviously he's scoring the ball well, shooting the ball well, obviously, but outside of the very first game, which he did come out and, and was, was scoring right out of the gate, the, the last two games, he's gotten his points and his shots off later in the game. Like He hasn't come out and, and needed to score early, but when they needed it, he was able to come in and immediately get the offense going. That's what's impressed me is he's ended with his averages after not really you know, putting himself out there early on. He was letting other guys kind of do that. That's what's impressed me about Alex Barcelo and man alive. He is looking the part on, as the team leader on and off this field or on and off the court without question. Brings us to our question of the day. This will be a successful week for BYU football if dot dot dot. Let's hear from you. It's the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. On Twitter, Eric Hall says, move up at least one spot in the college football playoff rankings, schedule, play, and dominate any FBS opponent without any major injuries. So that's uh, what Eric Hall on Twitter 
expects from BYU football this week and uh, says it will be successful if the Cougars can do it. You can uh, chime in. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, coming up, Taysom Hill, 2-0 as a starter. Is this a big deal? But next, I go one-on-one with Trevor Maddich, and that's an interview. We're not playing basketball. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's only one hour away from me, Jason. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight a day earlier than normal at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope live from Connecticut as the Cougars prepare to play USC tomorrow. We are live in Studio B. We are your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. My name is Jason Shepard. Jerem Jordan is in Connecticut with BYU Basketball. He'll rejoin me coming up in our next segment. But joining me right now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, he is a BYU National Champion and also an ESPN College Football Analyst. He is Trevor Maddich. It is a Maddich Monday. Trevor, thanks for, uh, for joining us as always. Always good to talk with you. Jason, great to be here with you. So let's go back to last week. Uh, it's always great to talk to you on a Maddich Monday, but it was not a great uh, Tuesday for BYU last week. Everybody was excited to find out what the rankings were going to be for the Cougars. And then they come in at number 14. What was your initial reaction when you saw BYU coming in at 14? You mean outside of a little shock? Uh, I tried to analyze it from a standpoint of what this tells us the committee values. Coming into that first ranking, Jason, I figured that it would tell us if the committee was going to evaluate teams the way that they have in years past. Now, there's different members that rotate through the committee, but there's been a balance between what they see on tape, the eye test, and the schedule, the strength of schedule, who you beat, who you lost to, things like that. And I thought that coming into the first ranking – they would take the COVID destruction of schedules into account and they would diminish the strength of schedule aspect or the number of games that you played aspect relative to what they see on tape because there's so much disparity even within the power five in terms of games played, schedule, all kinds of different things like that. But what they did was relatively have the same balance that they've had in the past where strength of schedule is just as important as it's always been. And when the spokesperson described why BYU was at number 14. He didn't talk about what he saw on tape. He didn't say that there was a hole in the roster somewhere. There just isn't. It's a very, very solid, incredibly complete football team, especially compared to teams they're competing with for that top 10. He said that it was the schedule and that the win over Boise was diminished in the committee's eyes because Boise was shorthanded. Well, note to the spokesperson, BYU was also shorthanded in that game. But what it told me, was that they weren't taking into account COVID issues and therefore elevating what they see on tape a little bit to compensate for that. So this schedule thing might end up being a problem for BYU based on what the committee is valuing and why. It's always interesting. It is is extremely rare at any time, but especially nowadays, that universally people will agree on something. But universally within the college football community – Everybody was shocked about this. What does that tell you that everybody that was paying attention to this was shocked? For crying out loud, Trevor, Urban Meyer, of all people, was singing BYU praises and talking about how they got hosed. Right, and that really helps BYU because the committee will look at people like Kirk Herbstreet and David Pollock and 
Desmond Howard and myself and others who also watch the tape. Now, the committee watches the tape. They watch the tape. It's not that they, they don't. They do. Uh, but they're looking at pretty much universal criticism of their evaluation of the tape. And then when Urban Meyer comes in, they no longer can say, well, yeah, those are a bunch of TV people. Urban Meyer is one of the most respected voices in all of college football within the game or outside of it in the media. And because he agrees with Kirk and with David and with the rest of us, that that might give the, the committee room, a little bit of, of space to be able to say, okay, yeah, now, wow, we think they should be higher now. Uh, they'll have to finagle it from a spokesperson standpoint, but I think it gives them cover to do that. So that, that's, a, a, that's a good thing for BYU from a standpoint of the possibility of moving back up into the top 12 or even 10 to be in range of the New Year's Six. So what can BYU do to improve that? Because you mentioned before, it, this really did, at least based off of what the, the committee said publicly, it, it came down to strength of schedule in their eyes. So what can BYU do about that to try and improve things? I don't know. Schedule the Green Bay Packers. Maybe <laughs> maybe they've got an open date coming up. Uh, the There's really not much they can do. I mean, they have one game left on the schedule. That's San Diego State. San Diego State is a, a really stout defense. I mean, they played Colorado last week. And Colorado coming into that has scored 48 points against UCLA. They scored in their opener. They scored like 35 in the next game. And they were held to 20 points in their game last week by San Diego State. So this San Diego State defense is for real. So BYU will need to look dominant against San Diego State because I'm not sure the committee has been watching them on tape, and they won't realize how good that Aztec defense is. So they have to make the Aztec defense appear that it's not nearly as good as it is. So it's kind of a tall order for BYU, but that's the only thing left that remains in their control. When you look ahead of them, there are possibilities for teams to lose. One already has. Northwestern lost to a bad Michigan State team. They were at number eight in the initial ranking. They're going to bounce out of there. And so theoretically, that could move BYU up. And there are some other teams just ahead of them that have a chance to lose. So there is the possibility that they could get help. But really, if they take care of their own business, they aren't going to be able to force their way up. They will need help above them. But the possibility does exist. So I was going to ask you about that towards the end of the interview, but since you brought it up, because you had a team like Northwestern lose, and, and I think everybody was hoping that, that Texas would, would defeat Iowa State. Now there's some that believes if Texas had done that, maybe they leap BYU based off of some of the criteria that the committee's using. But, you know, there were opportunities for BYU to move up. When the, when the rankings come out tomorrow, because you know, each week, obviously, these are going to be released on Tuesday. The committee's meeting for about eight hours today, and it'll meet a little bit tomorrow. Where do you expect BYU to be in the rankings, especially with all of the pressure? Now, maybe they don't, maybe they don't care about the pressure. Where do you think BYU comes in tomorrow? I think BYU will probably be in the range of 13 just because Northwestern will drop out. I don't think that uh, Oregon will, will pass them. They were right behind them at 15. They just lost to Oregon State. Wisconsin, I don't think, has the juice to pass them. And then I think you have to really watch for USC. USC is at number 18 in the initial ranking last week. Watch for them, though, because if they keep winning, they'll have cachet that could catch BYU from behind. So watch for that from behind. But then up ahead, if you look at, for example, Iowa State and Oklahoma, uh, Iowa State 13, Oklahoma 11 in the initial ranking, they're probably going to play each other in the Big 12 championship game. And I think Oklahoma, if they do, will win that game. If that happens, that will give Iowa State their third loss. And that would bounce them 
behind BYU if BYU takes care of their business. Miami at number 10 still has to play North Carolina. That's a tricky game. And if Miami loses that game, BYU should move up ahead of them as well. So these are the big possibilities. We just have to watch and see how other teams happen. We've got to be BYU fans need to be a massive West Virginia fan as well, because both Iowa State and Oklahoma face West Virginia in the closing weeks of the season. So these are places that BYU fans can look for the help up above them that they will need in order to make this happen. Trevor Maddich joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. It is a Maddich Monday here on BYU Sports Nation. Obviously, there's another opportunity, or at least two more opportunities, for BYU to schedule games if they want. This Saturday is an open date for BYU. The 19th of December is also an open date. And Tom Holmo, even last night on social media, saying feelers are out. We want to schedule more games. Um, We will have to wait and see. Kalani's been outspoken on that. Uh, So we're still waiting to find out if BYU schedules another game. Trevor, my question to you is... I know BYU wants to schedule as high a quality opponent as they can. Does BYU benefit from just scheduling anybody and continuing to play, or does it have to be an upper echelon team to even make sense to schedule another game? I think scheduling another game to anybody would be good. I think the players and coaches want that. They want to play. And the higher the ranking, the better. I think it needs to be a mutually beneficial thing, though, because we look at it from a standpoint of, hey, play the game. But Tom Holmo, the athletic director, is looking at it from a standpoint of the game, plus everything else that is involved. I mean, BYU Athletics, has it's been announced, they have a $20 million shortfall this year because of COVID. And so they can't just go you know, pay a half a million dollars to travel and extra COVID protocols to go play in a game and then not get TV revenue if that's what the deal is, because that is bad for the entire program overall. So there's, there's, all, there's things that need to be balanced in order to make that happen. Because of that, the, the Pac-12 might be a tough one to pick up because that was sort of the deal with Washington, that they weren't going to get any TV revenue. Uh, they would just have to pay the expenses and go and play. Well, it turned out that was moot because they ended up playing a Pac-12 game against Utah, which was required by their bylaws in COVID that if a Pac-12 game became available, they had to play it. So it wouldn't have mattered anyway, even if BYU had scheduled that game with Washington. But these are considerations that I think people need to understand are happening behind the scenes. It's not quite as simple as, hey, we'll go play anybody anytime, no problem. There, there's more to it than that. In terms of BYU on the field, you, you didn't play last week. Now, you practiced at the beginning of the week. You had the Thanksgiving holiday. L- let's say you don't play this week. So you've got two full weeks without playing a game before San Diego State. What's the effect on a football team with that much time off in between games? Jason, it makes it really exciting because usually when everything is on a roll, when an offenses and defenses are in midseason form, it's easier for an offense to lose its chemistry than in a defense. And so that's one of the reasons that the Holiday Bowl gained a reputation of being the most exciting bowl game because BYU went every year and the offense was rolling by the end of the season. Then they took three weeks off. And when they started the Holiday Bowl in the first half, their offense was generally out of sync a little bit. The opposing team typically took a lead, and BYU would have a mad scramble comeback when they finally got their chemistry back up in the second half. And so the Holiday Bowl got that reputation. Well, you're looking at a very similar thing here, where BYU will take a, you know time off and then go play a San Diego State team with a phenomenal defense. And so the question will be, to what degree would the BYU offense need time to get back up into a full game speed chemistry type of scenario? So, you know, that, that's kind of what they're looking at. BYU overall is more complete 
than San Diego State. San Diego State's offense is not nearly as good as BYU's, but that, that Aztec defense is for real. And that, I think, is where the committee will be judging the quality of BYU. How many points can they score against what they see as a Midland group of five team? They're not. They're, they're pretty good. Trevor, before I let you go, I do want to ask you one NFL question. Uh, Taysom Hill now 2-0 and as the starter with the New Orleans Saints and didn't have the passing numbers. He had two rushing touchdowns after the game. Um, a lot of people were asking Sean Payton about that, and, and Coach Payton you know, was praising Taysom, said he did exactly what we wanted to do. What's been your impression as starting quarterback in the NFL, Taysom Hill? Phenomenal. Just absolutely phenomenal. He... When you look, especially in that first game, which is the one I was really paying attention to because he was playing more quarterback. It was like drinking water through a fire hose, for goodness <laughs> sake, in that first game. And there were a lot of plays where he would drop, set, throw. His his timing, his rhythm, and his accuracy were phenomenal. Now, he also kind of got lucky a few times, and his receivers uh, made some plays for him a few times. But that happens to every NFL quarterback. It was the rhythm that he had established that he could do and repeat that impressed me the most. So keep in mind that, you know, he hasn't played a lot of quarterback in a traditional NFL offense for a long time. And so this is a really ever. And so I I think this being the floor, he's only going to get better from here. And they love him. I mean, part of being a quarterback is that you inspire your teammates and that your coaches and teammates have confidence in you. And they absolutely have that in Taysom Hill. And so I think he'll get nothing but better from a standpoint of, of passing, even though he's already started, I think, pretty well. Keep this in mind, too. I don't want to put this pressure on him, but Steve Young didn't start in San Francisco until he was in his 30s because he sat behind um, Joe Montana. And then he was ready to go, and he was on a roll. Well, Taysom Hill, 30 years old, I think, I don't want to say that he's Steve Young or that if he doesn't do what Steve Young did, that there's something wrong with him. But I am saying that there is precedent for sitting behind a future Hall of Famer for a long time learning and then stepping in that bodes well for the potential of Taysom Hill to be able to be very successful. Trevor, great insight as always. It's good to talk to you. Should uh, certainly be interesting tomorrow night when the college football playoff rankings come out to see where BYU stands. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks, Jason. All right, there we go. Trevor Maddich on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, you know why, we show how. Coming up, BYU Hoops is wondering who they may face for their second game this week. But next, what's the chance BYU football plays any games this week? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Coverage of BYU basketball versus USC begins tomorrow on BYU Radio with Cougar Pregame Live at 1.30 Eastern Time. Hey, you can spend the uh, your lunch break with us. You can join myself, Mark Durant, and Greg Rubels. We get you ready for tip-off. You can listen to the game at 2.30 Eastern. He is Jerem Jordan in Connecticut. I am Jason Shepard in Studio B, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, Jason, what's the chance BYU football plays a game this week? Look, the, the easy answer, because right now it really is what it is, is 50-50. I'm going to say 55%. I, I'll say 55%. We know how badly BYU wants to schedule a game. I just don't know where that's going to come. I don't know who it's going to come with. I don't know what stipulations will be attached to it. I, 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 I feel like chances are greater that they'll play than they won't. But right now, I'm only going to give it a 5% greater chance they play than they don't. So I'll say 55. 
I'm saying 25%. There's no smoke. There's no smoke. I'm we not want hearing that anything, smoke. right? It, we do want to smoke. UW didn't want to smoke. <laughs> Utah didn't want to smoke. <laughs> All right. The college football playoff committee is meeting today in Dallas. Tomorrow, when the new rankings are released, BYU will move up how many spots, Jerem? Uh, objection. Leading question. We don't know that they're going to move up. They will, Jerem. Think positively. They may stay the same. Well, I, yeah, I, I am. I also have to think about the other side. We can't just think about one side. I wonder if BYU is going to move up. I really hope they do. I hope they come in at 12, and then it's like, okay, BYU is a borderline New Year's Six type team to the committee. But Northwestern lost, and that was it. Oregon was behind BYU. They lost to Oregon State in the uh, Civil War there. I don't know why they'd move up outside of auto-correction, self-correction. I am uh, hoping that cooler heads prevail in the committee and that BYU moves up two spots to 12. What I'm expecting is moving up one spot and taking the place of Northwestern. So I'm I'm expecting they come in at number 13. Okay. Taysom Hill now 2-0 as the Saints starting quarterback, but he hasn't thrown a a touchdown. Is this a big deal? Um, no, because they're 2-0. That only becomes a big deal if they start to lose. Winning solves and cures all ills. Look. I've got to go with what Sean Payton said yesterday, and I brought this up with Trevor. And everybody was trying to get Sean Payton to comment the fact that that Taysom didn't throw the ball well or didn't throw it very many times. He's like, he did exactly what we asked him to. If this is what they're asking him to do, I'm not concerned about it. The Saints had yesterday what's called a quarterback. So that was a good thing. (laughs) And the Saints' defense is really good. They they have been flying around the last two weeks, granted against bad teams in the Falcons and Broncos. But so far, so good. Nine and two. That's, what, the third best record in the league? The Saints are in business right now, man. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Ken Palm of KenPalm.com has BYU as an underdog in their upcoming games against USC, Utah State, Utah, San Diego State, and Pepperdine. Your thoughts, Jerem? Utah State, Utah, and Pepperdine shouldn't be favorites against BYU. I think that's odd. USC and San Diego State, I get. Uh, this is a big stretch for BYU. Boise State isn't on Ken Palm's list. I know there's a lot of scheduling nuances there, but I'm not sure why that's not there. BYU starts tomorrow night a stretch of six really important games, and then uh, there's a couple winnable games, and then Pepperdine later. Pepperdine's at the end of the a month. That's way down the road. Yeah, it's it's weird to be a dog to Utah State on Saturday, who lost by what? What was it? Twenty four to South Dakota State. Yeah, I uh, look. I love me some Ken Palm, but I I do not understand the rationale having BYU as an underdog to the Aggies, to the Utes. An intern got in the system and, and messed and it the up. Waves. I I don't understand <laughs> that at all. I I uh, respectfully disagree with one Kenneth Pomeroy on that one. Yeah, brother, brother uh, Kenneth Pomeroy. Okay, Euro Hoops reports that Elijah Bryant turned down an offer from the Milwaukee Bucks to stay in Israel with Maccabi Tel Aviv. Is that a good move for him? Look, we don't know what type of contract was offered. I'm assuming it was like a training camp invite, so maybe like an Exhibit 10 type contract, the same kind that... Uh, that Yoli Child signed with the Wizards and that Jake Toulson has with the Jazz. I, I think it is the best move because it's, it's, it's guaranteed money and it's a situation he already knows about. It's not a guarantee that you're making the roster. I do think it's interesting, though, that once again he is connected to the Milwaukee Bucks because that's like the second or third time that they've been interested in him. 
Yeah, they already have a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Sam Merrill. So, per, you know, two would be too many, I guess. But he's doing a really nice job. 25 points in his last game, 9 of 10 shooting. He's averaging 10 a game. He's on a Euro League team. Yeah, what type of invite was it? And isn't Exhibit 10 a better deal where they uh, own your rights for a year and you're at least on the G League team? So Yeah, and you get, I, and you get I, a I guaranteed if bonus. If you, and if you don't make the roster, you get a guaranteed bonus, I think, up to $50,000 if, if you are put into the G League team. I'm guessing it wasn't even that, and he's playing at a high level. It's outside the NBA, but if he keeps playing like this, maybe he'll get a better shot later. What's coming hey, up? Coming up, a fresh batch of bull projections. And BYU's all over the place. BYU Hoops Week is also in flux. What this week could mean for the Cougar Hoopsters. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. To get to know the players, the coaches, and some compelling fan stories, search Deep Blue on the BYU TV app today. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I am live in Studio B. He is live in a hotel in... What's the town's name again that you're in? in Uncasville. Uncasville. Ah, the, yep. the Metroplex of Uncasville. Yeah. We, we, we've seen a shot a, a, a once or twice. Uh, looks like it's a very dreary day there it, it, uh, in, U, in it the is. Yukon area. It's, it's rainy. Yeah, BYU basketball players are essentially stuck inside until they practice in uh, an hour and 17 minutes in the main gym here. So it's not just this tournament here, by the way, at the Mohegan Sun. There's several games going on uh, each day, some of which have to do with BYU and not. Uh, Villanova's going to play St. John's after BYU tomorrow night, and that's in a different tournament, right? San Francisco, and here you go, yeah, a wonderful yeah, day here in Connecticut. Just beautiful. I'm going to go outside and get my tan on later. <laughs> Good gosh. Good thing we're stuck in the hotel after all. No, it's uh, rolling hills, uh, beautiful scenery here in uh, New England. Hey, but BYU two is words, going to Jerem. practice in about an hour. Room service, okay? Two words, room service. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. When when we got here uh, at like two a.m., uh, you know, Travis and I had to find some food. More on that coming up. But uh, th- okay, so this just out moments ago. Obviously, I mentioned Vanderbilt is out of the Legends Classic. So who's BYU going to play on Thursday or later this week? Matt Norlander of CBS Sports has said, more scheduling info, UConn will play USC at Mohegan Sun on Thursday. Sources tell CBS Sports, UConn's game versus North Carolina State on Saturday still on. BYU-USC still on tomorrow, of course. BYU's second opponent in Bubbleville, that's what they're calling this situation here, is trying to get firmed up today. BYU, I'm told BYU came here to play two quad one type games. They have that in USC. And they are trying to schedule another game because Vandy's out, UConn is occupied, BYU is trying to schedule another game. Now, do they seek an opponent who's already in the hotel? That would make sense. Like, like is Villanova or St. John's or somebody else, right? There are other teams in here. Florida is going to come up, right, and and play some games. There are other teams in the vicinity here in this hotel, not to mention, we, we forget out west, like, we're all spread out, right? You know how many basketball teams there are within a couple hours of here? We're talking 20 to 30, right? Hey, so get on the phone with Iona, right? <laughs> Rick Patino, what are you doing? <laughs> so I am confident that BYU is going to get a second game. They are seeking it. They are wor- I'm told they are working on it. They are trying to finalize that today, no later than tomorrow, so that they can play a second game this week here at the Mohegan Sun uh, against uh, someone that's a quad one type team. Now, whether that's a quad one type name or an actual top 50 team, we will see. 
Well, and we we had this conversation about BYU football, so let's swing it around to BYU basketball. So what we know is that they will play USC tomorrow. After they come back from back east, they will play Utah State on Saturday. We still, as you just mentioned, still trying to figure out who the Thursday opponent will be. What do you expect from BYU hoops this week? To get three games total. So it's big week. USC, uh, that's a team that went to overtime with Cal Baptist. Now that's interesting. The, uh, the Lancers made 23 pointers. That's how you stay in a game. Like UVU's like, yeah, that's how we beat BYU. We made 18 threes in 2016. If you can make 23s, you can hang with almost anyone, right? So USC is interesting. Athletic, younger. Andy Anfield's done a really nice job with that program. Winning his five-year stretch for USC ever uh, with 109 wins. Of course, uh, what, what was it? Florida Gulf Coast, Dunk City. Uh, then he comes to USC. So uh, USC, that's a big game Tuesday. And then whoever BYU plays, that's going to be a good game, a resume-building game. We'll see who it is. And then Saturday, that's at Utah State. BYU did charter a plane so that they can get out. I haven't been told this, but I imagine that after BYU plays, uh, if it's an early afternoon game, that they would get out of here on Thursday uh, if the game's Thursday. And then they, boom, they get home so that they can get up to Logan on Friday. So this is a massive week. I'm hoping BYU comes away with that least two wins because these are all resume-building opportunities. Yeah, depending on what happens against USC, their game on Thursday fluctuates significantly in terms of time. As you mentioned, there's an opportunity you play earlier in the day. Otherwise, you're playing in the evening. So that obviously yeah. you know, changes things in terms of your return travel, which you just don't know until you find out, first of all, you know, who you're going to play, and then obviously the result of the game against the Trojans. In terms of what I expect this week, I expect this team to come out and perform at a high level. I, I just That's what we've seen out of the first three games. Now, this will be the first test away. This will also be the first test for this team in a bubble-type situation. Now, it's the first test for most of these teams in a bubble-type situation. It's, it's different than being able to be at home and then go to the game without any fans. This is a true bubble situation like the NBA had uh, for, for the, the final eight games of the regular season and then all of the postseason. But I, I, I don't expect that to be a, a big deal for BYU. What I've seen out of the first three games is there's a lot of leadership on this team. I, I just don't expect that to be a factor uh, in, in a negative way for, for BYU. So I, I'm like you. I expect BYU to play three games. I would say, you know, if you're playing three games, you know, I would say, you know, you win at least two of the three. Yes, and let's talk about the bubble part. So BYU's literally in a bubble. I can wander around and do whatever here, right? Like I said, I'm going to go get my tan on later with the dreary weather here. BYU left at about 10.20 a.m. in Provo, flew out of Provo. They got here at about 6 uh, last night. They went straight to their rooms. They took a COVID test before they got to their rooms, uh, the nasal PCR test. They took a saliva test today, so they're getting two confirmations right of that. They're scheduled to practice in an hour. That's going to be the first time they've left their room since last night. They'll go to the gym. They'll practice. They have meeting rooms set up, and and they have three guys to a table where they normally have six. Masks spaced out. Plenty of room. They're taking all the precautions, and uh, they they want to be able to play, and they want to be able to have situations where... There's not an issue, uh, you know, and they can play these games. But it truly is a bubble. They are quarantined to their floor. There's a security, uh, you know, officer at the floor. you got to be on a list to be able to get in and out. They don't go up in the same areas that, say, uh, Travis Cameron, our producer, and I do. So they really are in a bubble here in, in the same tower. But I will never come into contact with these guys the entire time.
Let's focus on this because it's never too early to talk about bracketology. Uh, the latest bracketology has BYU as a 12 seed. Your thoughts, uh, too high, too low, just about right? BYU is still in the wait-and-see stage, right? Lenardi and every, Ken Palm has BYU, what, late 70s, uh, you know, early 80s, which is your favorite time period for movies. I, I think it's in 79. I, uh, that was an 11-in-1 year for BYU football. That was a good year. By the um, way, it's more 80s, I, 90s I, movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm more in the wait-and-see as well. I think we, we know this team's going to be good. It's just how good. Because to make the tourney as a non-Power 6 team, there's only a handful that do every year. BYU was certainly going to last year. That was a special season. BYU's going to have to prove itself in these non-conference games. And these, uh, remember, there's two weeks less of a season. There's a couple games fewer than there would be normally because of COVID. And that's assuming that all those games are played. Let's assume that a few get canceled because that's just how this is going to go, right? Uh, BYU's got some talent. They've got some depth. They've got some leadership. They've got some star power, some shooting, they've, some defense. They've got it all. Let's just see if BYU can climb up. They're going to they're gonna have to prove themselves after losing, obviously, uh, the big three in, in uh, Yoli Childs, TJ Haas, and Jake Tools. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And because of the amount of production and just how important those guys were to this team, I can certainly understand why BYU is coming in where it is. And I, and I agree with you. It, it has a lot to prove. I, I think this is a team, though, if things play out like we expect it to for this team, I think they will turn heads as the season goes on. But as of right now, I completely understand why they're in the spot as a, as a 12 seed in bracketology. That makes total sense to me based off of how somebody on the outside looking in would look at the number of guys and the amount of production from last year to this year is gone. So it makes complete sense to me as to why they would be a 12 seed right now. Yeah, and you look at BYU historically, football and basketball, when you, it's just a natural thing. When you lose a bunch of guys, you have to prove yourself. 1984, BYU, BYU starts unranked after being seventh. They don't go on to win the national championship. I'm not saying that's what's happened this year. I'm just saying BYU was number 18 in the final AP poll. It makes sense that they'd kind of be on the outside looking in. So they can uh, prove their way in for sure. All right, what do we got coming up, Jerem? Okay, today's Rise and Shout. Shout out has everything to do with food. Ooh, it's always a good one. And which bowl game do all of the media outlets have BYU playing in as of right now? We'll tell you. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, rate, give us that five-star review. There we go. We always like the five stars. Uh, Bowl predictions for the BYU football team. Uh, what I'm liking is... I don't the, want to hear some of these. I know. What I, what I am liking <laughs> is a lot of them, in fact, the majority of them still have BYU going to the Fiesta Bowl. You have one of the ESPN on, writers... Baby. Yes, exactly. One of the ESPN writers saying Fiesta Bowl, College Football News, Sporting News, Bleacher Report, they still have BYU going to the Fiesta Bowl. A couple and of we get, end it there. Yes, and no, nobody kidding. else. <laughs> The, the one that I'm looking there are no at. no other projections that matter. New Mexico Bowl. Yeah. Mark Schleybach. Birmingham. Boo. New Mexico Bowl, which will be played in Frisco, Texas, by the way, because nobody can play football in New Mexico right now. BYU versus Fresno. Look, n- nobody wants that. Uh, nobody. I don't even know yeah. where the Lending Tree Bowl is, which had BYU in Coastal Carolina. It's, it's, in a, it's in a strip mall in a small town in <laughs> Texas. You know. <laughs> 
If BYU goes undefeated and doesn't make a New Year's Six, it's going to be so disappointing, right? So I don't know what else BYU can do at this point. If if you get two games that are just okay or bad, like, and you blow them out, like, it's the same thing. But if BYU's sitting there at 12-0 and they don't make the New Year's Six, it's like, wait, what? And then there's going to be some other teams that are at-large at, like, 4-2 and two or something, 6-2. and two. <sighs> This is just really frustrating. I'm hoping BYU just gets at least two games. If they don't move the needle, they don't move the needle. But if BYU's sitting there at 12-0, and 0, how can you not include that team? How can you not include that team with all the metrics? All right, our question of the day. This will be a successful week for BYU football if... Which brings us to our lead voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort on Twitter. Jim Roberts says, play a game, win it, and stay healthy. Teams above us will lose, sometimes unexpectedly. Today's Rise and Shoutouts, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding us forward. Jerem, who's your Rise and Shoutout? Yeah, I was going to say, some teams may win from behind BYU and climb, too, so that's always an option. Uh, Rise and shout-out to Johnny Rockets, who was open at uh, 2 a.m. when we needed some food. Rise and shout-out the negative one to the Atlanta airport, who had nothing open for food at midnight. Atlanta, come on, that's one of the busiest in the world. Come on! All right, my Rise and shout-out is going to go to Gavin Baxter. It's it's what we feared uh, but we didn't get the official word until over the weekend that he uh, tore his ACL. He's done for the year. Just uh, talked with him you know, before uh, game two and just talking to him about how excited he was. It just hurts, and I want to send a rise and shout-out to him. Uh, good luck in the rehab, and uh, we will certainly be excited to have him back with this team next year. Amen. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. It was a Connecticut day, Jason. That Trevor is. Trevor and I in Connecticut. Very nice. Yeah, for Jerem in Connecticut, I'm Jason. Shout out to Nate Austin. Don't forget, BYU basketball with Mark Pope tonight, 830 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs.